Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Yes, hi Janine. Hello Morgan. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing. We're doing, another, we are. It's another day, trying to bring positive things to the world right now, you know, everything going on. Hanging out with you though, always brings yeah. a smile, so that's that's good. What a lovely thing for you to say. Um, that is what we're trying to do. We're always trying to bring positive things here. So, we're here today for another whole heap of fun. Because people need fun to get by. As 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 Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell once sung, you're all I need to get by. And by your, they meant fun is all I need to get by. That's what they meant. Oh, I was okay. I was I was in that conversation. Breaking that down. Were, yeah, I was in <laughs> that conversation there? when they were uh, when they were making coming the song. up. Oh yeah, making the song. Mm. I was there. They meant fun is all they need to get by. Not each other. Okay. Not each other. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that insight. Appreciate it. You, you know, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's raining outside, so if people hear rain, that'll be a nice atmosphere, won't it? Um, yes. Today we're talking another Patreon pick. Yes. Actually, it's Billy Polahan's pick. His, uh, as 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 his tier on the patron, on the Patreon. I always say the words wrong. As his tier yeah. on the Patreon, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, gets him a pick every month. Should he stay at this tier, which he has done for the last yes. couple of months, therefore he gets picks. Um, what did he pick, Janine? Uh, he picked. 1961's Breakfast at Tiffany's. He did. He did. So that's what we're talking about today. Breakfast at Tiffany's, of course. Hugely famous movie. Very iconic movie. One of those movies that I actually feel, to start us off with a bold opinion, is a little more well thought of than it deserves. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> I don't think this movie is quite the cinematic great that it's given credit. Don't you know that the people seem to think it is? I mean, I think um, just from an iconic standpoint, it was iconic for her just kind of style choices and hundred um, percent, even performance-wise. Like there was a a greater range of emotion than I expected because I had never seen this movie before and I only have seen bits and pieces and kind of know what it means to pop culture but I had never um, I wasn't expecting that kind of range of emotions a performance from her I thought it was kind of going to be you know kind of light pretty much the whole yeah. time what I've seen from her in the past um, so I think that's what makes it special um, but people seem to kind of maybe just forget which I guess rightfully so forget that you know this movie would be pretty perfect as a sweet you know kind of a little bit complex romance um, yeah. without this one problematic thing <laughs> yes, that I, I think we're dancing around yes. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, before we, obviously we get on to talking about the movie specifically, yes. I'm by no means saying that I don't like this movie. I really do like this movie. I think this is a very, very good movie. I think it would be a great movie if it wasn't for one particular thing. Yes. Um, you know, I think it really would be a great, great mm -hmm. movie if it wasn't for one particular thing. Because 
if you take it from a from a romance standpoint, it's an excellent romance story. Really, and even like a rom com kind of thing have these kind of fun, silly moments together, and um, yeah, there's a little bit of silliness in there. There is, there is, and it's, it's also got very, very meaningful messages in it mm-hmm. about like wanting love, desiring love, and and how we sometimes close our minds to the reality of these situations because we may not be safe in those situations. Or you're scared. Mm-hmm. Or you're scared or whatever it may be. It's fascinating in that way, and we'll get into all that. But, you know, it's all... It's all spoiled horribly <laughs> by Mr. Yunioshi. Yes. Like, oh, why did that just... character need to be that? Why did you need to have... You know, why did you need to have that caricature in there? Like, I guess it was for a comedy standpoint and to have that name recognition of someone as famous as Mickey Rooney. Look, but... Mickey Rooney's obviously a very, very famous name. Um, I know that from what Mickey Rooney said, you know, constantly since then, is deep regret for taking this role. I think the director has deep regret forever or you know every the the filmmakers themselves have deep regret for for casting mickey rooney in this role um rightfully so of course because it's ridiculously bad um so i i don't really have you know he's come mickey rooney has has done this role but since then denounced it yeah so you i don't have much ill will towards him now obviously i'm me other people may think differently and that's you know completely up to them but if somebody's seriously denouncing this and they did it then you've got to hold your hands up and say okay that was a mistake fair enough and he if realizes he was to... that you know. he feels bad about it, you know. Exactly. So I respect that. I mean, I don't think Sean Connery is going around feeling bad about putting on Asian disguise for a Bond movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, right. I mean, look, if we, I don't want, I don't want to start in the compare in the comparisons of who's more racist than who. Yeah, but I'm just worse. saying, like, I don't know that I've ever heard him, like, make a big kind of distinct claim about, no. I don't feel that was right. Um, and then what was that? Uh, I can't remember her name. She was, like, um, like a Hungarian or something actress. I can't remember who, like, oh, who won an Oscar for playing yeah. an Asian role. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if she cool, ever felt bad about that. Like, lots of things like that that I've never really heard a big kind of public statement. Uh, you know, denouncing the role, feeling very bad about doing it, regret about it. I don't know that I've heard a lot of things like that because yes, that was the time and those things were kind of commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have okay. never heard a, a lot about, you know, people kind of going back and being like, I, that was wrong. I don't think we should have done that except in this situation. This is kind of yeah. the main one that I've known about and heard about. So yeah, um, I, I respect that. Look, I mean, it's the the Asian caricature in old Hollywood is kind of very prevalent. Um, yeah. When you think about it contextually in American history at that point, America 
or the US, I should say, the US was fighting Japan in the Second World War. So, yeah, they were the enemy, you know. You know. <laughs> understandable, understandable stereotypes were made mm-hmm. and put across as forms of propaganda. Yeah. Wrong, wrongly, absolutely wrongly, obviously. But when I say understandably, I do not mean correctly. And then you go into Vietnam, which lasts absolutely ages. Yeah. And continues the fear in US people of Asian people. Which is why you get all these caricatures. Caricatures and mocking because they were the enemy. Exactly. None of it's correct. It's all horrendous. But it's there. We can't we can't say it isn't there. And look, everybody everybody knows how much we adore Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn herself played an Asian (laughs) in a movie. Yeah. You know, a lot a lot of people did this. Because they needed that name recognition, but they also wanted the character to be whatever it was. Despite the race of the character, they wanted that name. And that was just kind of the time, you know? Yeah. And look, when you look at the most prevalent Asian actor in old Hollywood, you're thinking of Anime Wong. And look at the roles that Anime Wong usually got weren't necessarily heroic they were they were roles that asian people should be playing you know far eastern people should be playing but they weren't heroic roles really yeah but anime wong is obviously a big pretty big star of old hollywood um but even her even her who everybody liked everybody respected everybody loved as an actor, couldn't get that role that you were talking Those, about before. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that one, I, I actually forget her name. She barely did anything else. Yeah, she got but that Oscar she... for that movie. And I think Anime Wong, she was kind of up for that. But it obviously yeah. went to the bigger name of the time and all that I can't whole even thing. remember what the movie's name is now. What's the movie's name? Oh, it's going to annoy me. I watched a whole video about it on, you know, that channel we mentioned a few times, you know, Be Kind Rewind. She does some great kind of comparative views and stuff like that. And she did a whole thing about Asian culture and stuff like that. That's where I know this from as well. That's where I... So all credit goes to Be Kind Rewind, absolutely, for teaching us about these kind of things. I completely forget the name of that movie, though, and completely forget the name of that actor. I'll I'll try to to Um, find... Which is, is really, really very, very annoying. (laughs) Um, What was I talking about? I forget what I was talking about now because I'm just too focused on that. Um, just how, just that being kind of the time of yes, what was going on with war and things like that. Um, is it Olivia de Havilland? No, it's not Olivia de Havilland. Olivia de Havilland's no, 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 no. This is a European. Yeah. You're like a Swedish person or something like that. Oh, we're spending far too much time. I know. This This is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. (laughs) Basically, 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 
it's ridiculous. That's let's just leave it at that. Should we leave it at that? Okay. I don't know what to I don't know what to do because I'm still thinking um, about the name of that Louise movie. Louise Rayner. Louise Rayner. Louise Rayner, she was German. Maybe. I think I think she was German. Louise Rayner played the role of and someone, someone that Anna May Wong <laughs> should have played. Played, yes. And she won but, an Oscar. She won like two back to back Oscars. Yeah. But <laughs> Anna May Wong still had a role in that movie. But even in that movie, she was like the some good sort earth. of The Good Earth. The Good Earth. Thank yes. you. Good Lord, we can move on now. <laughs> oh. It's okay. Louise Rayner okay. in The Good Earth should have never been cast but won the Oscar. So. Yes. What are you going to do? I guess. Anyway. Terrible, terrible. The terrible of, history part of Part of cinematic um, in... uh, history. Yeah. So, yes. Just to kind of condense it down, basically. This movie would have been a really great ro- romance of great rom-com. Minus the whole Mickey Rooney yellow face situation that kind of yes because it seriously is it's the yes, most it's, it's a bit disheartening egregious. to see that but um if you can kind of separate that out and focus on the main story um it, it's it's a good it's a good movie it is it is um i mean it's hard to because it's <laughs> yeah, that in your face it's there yeah <laughs> but you try to because you don't want to be focusing on that you want to yeah. give this movie credit to what it does well. And the movie. From, aside yeah. from this. Like, yes. yeah, and that is the same with any movie. You want to find the, the good things movie. in it. Yeah. You know, it's... But it's tough to get past. Which I feel I feel like it's why it was important to, to open this episode talking about that. Because it's... Because we can get past it now. Yes. And we can talk about the rest of the stuff in the movie having addressed the ridiculousness of that. <laughs> yes, I definitely wanted to get that part of the conversation out of the way so we could then kind of talk about the things we did enjoy about this movie. So what did we enjoy about this movie, Janine? Um, for me, I really enjoyed the the themes. Yes. The whole idea, like, it's all kind of culminated at the end, like, her not wanting to be in a cage and her seeing someone loving her or even being worthy of true love and real love as being, as being kind of owned by somebody as being trapped by somebody as being in a cage and him kind of explaining it to her that like you cutting yourself off from true love and being with someone who really loves you, that's a cage in itself. So, you know, you're kind of still locking yourself up and locking yourself away from something that could make you potentially happy um, out of fear and out of this kind of uh, grand uh, intense idea you have about what love is going to do to you, true love. So you'd rather just kind of be aloof and be lighthearted about things and not really be real about anything out of fear. So I liked that it had kind of these deeper layers and like I wasn't expecting that because I mean, really, I didn't even really know what this movie was about. It was kind of always just like, okay, her in a fancy dress outside of Tiffany's, you know, I've seen that iconic, you know, picture and 
clip many times and um moon river and like just basic yeah. things but i never really knew the actual plot or story of this movie so to see that you know it uh kind of led to this whole kind of concept of fear of being loved or belonging to somebody in that way um I wasn't expecting that. So it really surprised me. Yeah. And I, I liked, I liked them exploring that concept. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it will, will, will really, will really get into that because it's an absolutely fascinating topic of conversation. Yes. Um, Moon River though, did win the Oscar. We've got to give credit there to Moon River and Henry Mancini, who's, uh, who did all the music. Because the, the, the movie won two Oscars, one for the song Moon River and one for the score itself. So, and I heard, I heard she, they were trying to take it out of the movie and she like was kicking yeah. and screaming and had a big fit about it. Well, Henry Mancini wrote it specifically for her. Yes. And like, at a key that, that she could sing way. it because she wasn't like a very grand singer or anything that, no. but he kept it very simple that she could sing it. And, um, yeah, I remember reading something that said, yeah, like they were wanting to cut it out of the movie and she like was like hell no you're not cutting this out of this movie so yeah. and i like it's a sweet little moment he's just kind of watching her and i think it plays into the whole of him you know falling in love with her and just seeing her there singing this simple song and um it's a sweet moment it is it's very sweet and it's a good song everybody knows the song everybody yes. will get the song stuck in the head um whether we sing the song today or not i don't know probably will <laughs> but you know still um it's a great song though and it is it is that sweet moment it's kind of it's a moment that feels a little bit um not desperate not desperate what am i trying to say i'm trying to well the whole character so holly's whole character right well for one she's not even called holly which says a lot that's a fake name that she makes up for herself um, because basically her entire character is, I'm going to live in my own little head dream world where yes. nothing's real anymore. I liken this to young version of Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond from Sunset Boulevard, of course, is living all in her own head and is happy to do that, even though it damages everybody around her. She's perfectly yes. happy to do that because that's what keeps her sane. And the whole point of Sunset Boulevard is to ask the question, is it better to live in reality and be sad or, 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 or honest at, or live in your own head but be happy? Happy, yeah. And nothing's real, nothing's really true. Um, yeah. Now, that's Sunset Boulevard, granted, is a little bit of a de depressing version of Yes. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's is a more optimistic version of that. It's a positive yes. version of that because it's all ultimately about love. It's not about being faded or being past it or anything like that, like Sunset Boulevard is. It's about yeah. actually being in love and whether we are willing in our own minds to accept love from another human being because we are scared of it like you said before and we may be scared of it but holly's whole idea is i'm gonna go around as a as this free spirit uh socialite new york socialite yay look at yeah. me 
I'm going to live in my apartment. I'm going to have lavish parties. Yeah, I'm going to have this cat. I'm not going to give the cat a name because I don't belong to him. He doesn't belong to me. He can do his own thing. And that's just kind of like a smaller example of the bigger kind of plot point of, you know, not feeling like you belong to somebody and what that means. And like, she doesn't even give the cat a name because, you know, she doesn't want to own him. Yeah. Exactly. It's not wanting to commit to anything. Yes. And commitment's scary, of course it is. But it's her yeah. really not wanting to commit to anything. She doesn't even have a key to her own apartment. No. Because she's like, I would just lose it. <laughs> because she doesn't want to commit to actually, this is my home. Even. Yeah. <laughs> she is married. I think. I, yes. I was a bit confused by that whole yeah. situation. Um, she seemed to have run away from a committed thing. Yes. Um, which, which I think, and I think she, they said she was 14 when she married that old man. I so I was kind of like, a little oh, bit okay. strange. Yeah. I think he says she was 14 when they got married and then he had some kids. So then she had like four stepchildren. Yeah. It was a little bit on odd. a farm because... and like horses and all this kinds of thing. And, um, then she kind of ran away from that, realizing that it was kind of a trap in the cage and the whole like. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where, if that's kind of what she was living at 14 until I think in this movie she's supposed to be like 19. Yeah. I can see her building up this whole kind of feeling of a cage and feeling trapped by commitment. And that kind of explains why she now lives this lifestyle of being you know free spirit and doing her own thing and not wanting to commit to anything absolutely look if that's kind very of, understandable yeah a hundred percent it's very understandable which is why it's it's interesting that it brings up these questions again yes of of, of better to live in your own head or better to live in reality now in this yeah. in this situation the the reality is better because the reality means love with whatever Paul or whatever his name is, uh, yeah. George Peppard. Yeah, that's the reality of the of the end of this movie. Oh, what a nice relationship we now have. And yeah. that's what she's scared of. It's not like Sunset Boulevard where the reality is, oh God, I'm past it and dying. <laughs> yes, because it's all miserable. <laughs> But um, even because like, yeah, and then when things get too real, like once her husband found her and she talks with him and she tells him, like, I don't want that life. I'm not that person anymore. I'm sorry. All of it was just too much for her. It was too real for her. And immediately after she sends the husband away and tells him it's done, she's like, get me drunk. Like, yeah. don't take me home until I'm drunk. Because that's her kind of wanting to escape and wanting to not think about the real world and real things because she had something real right in her face and she didn't want to think about that. Um, So her immediate first thought is get me so drunk that I'm not going to even be thinking about this again. I want to go back to my fantasy land where, you know, I can be a free spirit. I don't have to worry about being hurt by the real world, by commitment, by belonging to somebody, um, by somebody trying to trap me. So, um, yeah, and then even kind of the whole situation where she's visiting, you know, the tomato guy (laughs) in Sing Sing. I think there's a lot of just like these underlying metaphors of being trapped, being in a cage, feeling imprisoned, um, 
So there's a lot of kind of underlying. Yes. I think there's a lot of underlying kind of cues to that whole theme that run throughout the whole movie. There really is. There really is. It is it is so interesting in that way because until you actually watch the movie, you have you really don't think it's gonna be this deep at all. Yeah. Yeah. It is a it is a surprisingly deep movie mm-hmm. for what on the surface looks like a romance. And it is a yeah. romance movie. It's still a romance movie. It's still a sweet little romance movie. I, th- I think they have good chemistry with each other, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, the scene for me was very difficult when, you know, she gets the telegram that her brother has died. And, mm, yeah. you know, this is, like, right before that, Paul has tell- told her that he loves her, and she kind of just blew him off because she, you know, sees that as kind of a trap. So she... They kind of had a, a bit of a you know argument about it, and they haven't really spoken that much. Um, and then she's kind of seeing this rich Brazilian man because that's a whole thing of hers as well, like trying to yes. meet a rich Jose. man. And <laughs> yes, and he can't deal with her having this crazy tantrum because you know she's obviously upset. Her brother died, so she's throwing things and she's you know tearing her whole apartment apart. And he comes in and he just picks her up and lays her in bed. And you know he wants to be there for her, but he knows she has this whole stance of, you don't own me, you know, you are not, you know, the one who's going to take care of me. I can, you know, take care of myself, this whole kind of attitude she has. Um, So then he kind of stops himself from caring for her and leaves. And it's like, okay, well, she's your thing now. She's with you. So she didn't want me. She wants her rich man who can just, you know not she can just have this fantasy with um she doesn't want anything real with me so i it was kind of heartbreaking to see him kind of stop himself from caring for her and kind of just leaving and leaving it to the the brazilian guy because he's obviously like i don't i don't know yeah it was it was but i mean it was it was it was good in that way because it's also him respecting her what she wants what she wants which kind of well there's only so much of doing that he can take i think when he knows and he sees that it's kind of ruining her yeah not ruining her as in like oh what a ruined person ruining her as in like she is going to damage herself yeah she's going to crumble under this whole because like anytime anything real breaks through she was not going to be able yeah. to be equipped to handle it because like she's too busy. Like her brother's death. Yes. Like the husband coming back. That was too much for her to handle. Yeah. I want to get drunk. Um, my brother died. I'm going to rip up my whole apartment. When you live in a fantasy world, when something real breaks through that bubble, you are not equipped to deal with it or handle it because you haven't had anything real to really have to grapple with in a long time so it's interesting to kind of see her have these breakdowns in these moments where things actually do get real um and yeah like i said it it, it's it's kind of heartbreaking for to see him want to be there for her because he knows that that's what's happening but he can't he has to step back because he loves her enough to kind of respect that which i feel like in older movies it's like the man wants to be the savior and um yeah, you don't really that get whole kind that of situation. I mean, um, he's telling her what she needs and what she wants, and kind of being forceful about it. And then you know she comes to that realization. But here, if I liked that 
you know, he was giving her that space. He was respecting what she wanted. Um, because I feel like in older movies, you don't really see the woman having a choice, the woman giving that space to kind of realize things on her own. Um, it felt very modern in that way because you do get a lot of modern romance movies where the woman is kind of too blind to see things in front of her, which, you know, we can be like that because we're scared. We've gotten hurt before. Um, we've been in situations where we feel like, you know, this might not, you know, where we're unsure about things. Yeah. So I, you know, I understand that. Um, and in modern movies, it's usually the guy kind of like, these are my feelings. Um, I'm, t- I'm seeing you. I know you, I will respect what you want. Um, but yeah. I'm laying it all out here. Like you could have this, you could have a better, whatever. Um, but I'll go and let you figure it out. But I'm telling you, like the pattern you're, the road you're on right now is not making you happy. I can make yeah. you happy, but I'm leaving, giving you that space to figure it out. So I liked kind of that. It wasn't, you know, forceful of him, like whisking in yeah. and saving the day. He was still giving her that space to kind of realize it on her own. I mean, I think that sort of, that, that the idea of that, and again, you're completely correct. I echo everything that you're saying there. It's very identifiable yeah. in that way. Like, from, you know, my perspective, that's kind of nice. I like, I like that he does that. I like that he acts like that. That's how I am. Um, <laughs> but... I, I I assume this obviously comes from the original novel from Truman Capote. Now Truman Capote is obviously quite a progressive guy. Yeah. Um. So I can only assume that kind of thinking came from that. I haven't read the book. Yeah. But I can only assume it came from him. Um. In that way, which is it do it does feel timeless in that way. Which yeah. it, it's so unusual. It's so unusual, this movie, that it's timeless, yet it has the one terrible element we've already talked about that's so yeah. of its time. Right? <laughs> it's un, it's bizarre. Everything about it feels pretty modern aside from that. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> <glaring>. bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's so it's so interesting in that way though, as a romance movie. Yeah. Um, especially, like you said, a romance movie of the time that's not straightforward at all. It's and it not feels... even. It's not even like the last romance movie we covered, which I think was the last one, an affair to remember. Which, yes, yeah. while it was a little bit of a complex situation, the actual romance was pretty straightforward. Yeah. And, this um... romance is not straightforward. It is the most, one of the most real, natural. Uh, romances I think I've seen in an old Hollywood movie. Yeah, which just puts it aside. I feel like it. That's kind of also part of the modern feeling of it. Like they kind of start as friends, and that's like kind of how your modern rom coms and romance movies are. Like it it's is. two people who kind of end up being friends and really being honest with each other about things because they're friends. And then when feelings kind of get involved past the friendship, you know that person better than other people know them that they maybe are trying to be romantic with because you started as their friend. Um, And so when you start getting those feelings for them, um, 
you know them better and you can understand them better um, and show them a side that maybe they don't want to see because they weren't intentionally looking at you that way at first. So they share things with you that maybe they wouldn't have shared with someone that, you know, especially her, someone who has these romances that are very surface level. So when she's met with somebody who she considered a friend, who she kind of confided her real thoughts about things with, and then that turns into love, that's really scary because he ends up kind of knowing her better than these kind of surface level romances that she's looking for at the time. And that feels very modern to me. It's a very modern concept kind of starting as friends and then those feelings kind of getting involved in how you deal with all of that. I know I keep saying it, but it's a very, very interesting movie. <laughs> yes, I do like the point you brought up into. that like everything feels pretty modern and timeless about this movie, aside from the one glaring thing aside that is one. so of the time. Absolutely horrific, horrific, <laughs> horrificness yes. all the way down to the prosthetic teeth. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> right, right. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, not only is it kind of is it interesting from from that romantic side and from the sort of psychological side of Holly herself, but I think the fact I think it says something that New York's in it. To be honest with you, I think I think New York itself can. This is this is why it's kind of. It's we I'm 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 tripping over my own words. <laughs> this is why this movie is both the exact same and the absolute opposite of Sunset Boulevard. Well Sunset Boulevard's LA, obviously. It's very yeah. LA. It's too LA. It's depressingly Los Angeles, right? <laughs> but uh Breakfast at Tiffany's is kind of depressingly New York because it's all, oh, New York, oh, we have to be fancy in New York. New York is New York. We have to be fancy in New York. We cannot be real in New York. No. This doesn't exist. We have to be fancy. We have to like diamonds. We have to live a certain way if we're living in New York. It's not as chilled out as a lot of parts. We have to do things a certain way, act a certain way, and be a certain way in yes. New York. We can't be real in New York because New York is, you know... What's it called? The Dreams, Dreams, New York Dreams, something. Something about New York having dreams in it. I don't know what the right word is. Um, what New am York I thinking state of? of mind. That's the one I'm thinking of. I was thinking of the song. I was thinking of the song from, from Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. That was, that was exactly what I was thinking of. Concrete jungle where dreams are made. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay, of. okay. Um, which, but then, okay, we have there's to another dream in New there. York. Yeah, there's another another. There's another symbol there with the whole um, taking something real, um, like the Cracker Jack ring, and engraving yeah. it at somewhere iconic, and that kind of plays into those dreams and her dreams of like her favorite place, Tiffany's. Um, that whole kind of combining the reel of Paul's Cracker Jack ring and engraving it at Tiffany's this magical, beautiful, glamorous kind of entity. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the com- combination of those two things and a ring being a symbol of, you know, commitment. And so like so many interesting things so many. from a cat to a ring to, you know, uh, 
like I just was not expecting all these kinds of like peppered in, you know, clues peppered. and cues. George peppered. <laughs> peppered. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I meant to do that. Yeah. Um. Yes. I could tell you did. <laughs> um, just very kind of more complex than I was expecting yeah. to kind of see these. Uh, cues to you know what is really going on with holly and themes of you know feeling trapped and uh, being scared of love and being loved and all that whole kind of thing so i really liked that there were lots of um kind of interesting uh metaphors in there and concepts and themes in there that i was just was not expecting i thought it was just kind of going to be maybe the surface level sweet little mm. romance movie um and yeah there was kind of a lot to, to unpack and think about which i really appreciated and I know I tripped over my words as well when I was trying to talk about New York, but I meant the fact that <laughs> New York is somewhere where dreams are made. Therefore, yes. to be a dreamer in New York makes sense. And to want to go to New York, because she travelled where from like random Midwest random yeah. somewhere, uh, to go to New York where dreams are made. So I'm going to become a dreamer. I'm going to live in my New York the world. World and bubble and, yeah. New York bubble. Become this glamorous and not woman think and... about exactly not think yeah. about the reality of the situation until it's thrown on me. But New York can also be doing do, do that to you as well because New York can also be a very harsh, real place. Yes, much like LA in that way, which is why I said it's that the, it's kind it's of it's the sister, or it's the sort of weird second cousin of Sunset Boulevard. Yes, I can see that. I, I like really that is. kind of comparison. It's very interesting I, to think about. While it's kind of obviously darker, but there's that whole kind of escapism aspect yeah. that um, living kind of in your, you know, Norma Desmond is kind of stuck living in her, you know, fantasy of when she was a star and she like refuses yes. to even leave that bubble of that. Um, so I, I get that kind of darker. Uh, Definitely. Comparison to this movie, just living in a dream world and um kind of being in your own cage, but not realizing it's really a cage, you know? I mean, you talk about being in your own bubble and being in cages as well. In the real, in, in the real sense, behind the scenes sense, this is kind of an unusual role for Audrey Hepburn, when you actually think about it. Yeah. Even though this may be Audrey Hepburn's most famous role of all time, and it probably is, let's mm-hmm. be fair, it probably is. It's certainly... Yeah her most iconic just because of everybody knows the aesthetic of the whole movie. Everybody knows yeah. the look, the costumes. The long cigarette, the, the long pearl. cigarette. I holder. think I even did I did um a design of Harley Quinn like as Audrey Hepburn yeah. with that hairstyle with the pearls. Like I did yeah. this whole kind of pop art Audrey Harley thing based off it's- of her look in this movie. So it's obviously very, very <laughs> iconic. Everybody knows that image. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. But it's unusual for Audrey Hepburn to be doing something like this because this is a role that while Holly is obviously in her own head a lot, she's very, well, she's very free-spirited. She might not be naturally free-spirited, Holly the character, but she wants to be, and that's the point. She wants yeah. to be free-spirited. She wants to be out there. Audrey Hepburn tends to be a little more reserved. Just a yeah. touch. She tends to be, yes, yeah, she's free-spirited, 
but she's but not just very kind of eccentric like, even in the description because i kind of was reading the description of what this movie was about because i'm like i don't even know what this movie is about and like they describe her as eccentric yeah it's strange in that way and it's understandable in that way why mm-hmm. truman capote would have wanted marilyn monroe okay for the I, role I, of yeah. holly mm-hmm. because that makes if you think about it way more sense because Marilyn Monroe, as as a, as as a person, as a person, is hugely more extroverted than yes. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. And look at Audrey Hepburn's other roles. Yes, you've got the likes of Sabrina and Roman Holiday and things like that, where ultimately she's kind of a reserved person that becomes a little Ooh, more kind of out of her shell. Yeah. Um. I mean, Roman Holiday in particular, I think, is is absolute reserved Audrey Hepburn yeah. having a nice fun day with Gregory Peck. Which but even love. Sabrina, where she's kind of like this mousy, like, quiet, yeah. shy person. Yeah. This Breakfast at Tiffany's is never like that. Breakfast at which... It's, it's, and it's, it's just strange to me, it's funny to me, that this is Audrey Hepburn's most famous, most iconic role when it's her most unusual role, I think. Well, maybe that's of... why. Maybe, maybe that's that is why. why. Just because it just stands exactly out why. above anything else she's done. So I think it is exactly why. She absolutely nails it. She absolutely nails it, obviously. Yes. We love Audrey Hepburn. She's great. She And she does really nail it. But it's, it's interesting to me that Marilyn Monroe was Truman Capote's first choice. And I, I could see that. Because it, make, I, I it like, makes more sense to me. Yes, just because of the extroverted, kind of wild, you know. Yeah. There's just, but then when you actually think about it, Audrey Hepburn kind of really works because secretly, yeah. secretly, Holly is, is in her own head and secretly Holly is a little bit... I mean, Marilyn Monroe, you've got to look at as well. If Marilyn Monroe's kind of also... Yes, she had obviously the, the 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 fame, the image, the all that sort of stuff, and she was she was um, extroverted in that way. But she was also had she was also in her own head, and had yeah. a lot of inner problems, a lot of inner problems like that, like Holly does, which is why that works as well for me. But then Audrey Hepburn is also introverted, and. Holly secretly kind of is introverted, even though she wants to be extroverted, but the extroversion is actually fake. <laughs> yes. Um, I think maybe the direction that they went having Audrey was giving her this air of sophistication while yes. still kind of being like very aloof and kind of eccentric and all over the place. But she could kind of pull off this, oh, I know exactly what I want. I'm very sophisticated and smart and you know, she yeah. can talk about she can talk about her her um kind of mentality on life and not wanting to get too real with things in a very smart, sophisticated way so that people will kind of just leave her alone about it. Like if yeah. she can if she can speak on her, you know, mentality of, of, you know, not wanting to be in a cage and wanting to just marry a rich man. And she can sell that to people in a very intelligent, sophisticated, you know, yeah. proper way. Um, where I think Marilyn would have been more kind of, you know, loose with it and um, 
I think it would almost have been more comedic with Marilyn. Because yeah. Marilyn's more sassy, I guess, yeah. is the right word. She's way more sassy than Audrey Hepburn. But that's just two different actors being yeah. two different actors. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think they maybe yeah. tailored the the eccentricities of the character to be more... Um, her being more yeah. sophisticated about kind of explaining her point on why she chooses to be that way and why she chooses to kind of live in this fantasy world so that people could kind of just leave her alone about it. Well, she seems very confident in this way of life, so yeah. I don't think we should question it, but Paul does no. question it, you know? Yeah, he does. He does. It's, the romance just feels so natural. I just really like yeah. the romance. I really like. I was thinking also of My Fair Lady then and Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, who is a person inside her own head. She's kind of extroverted in the movie, to be perfectly honest with you. She's very, very extroverted. Yeah. Um, that's the character there. But she becomes something she wasn't originally and is kind of... That's, I mean, that's an unusual role for Audrey Hepburn as well. It's almost, almost the opposite of Breakfast at Tiffany's, where she ends up living, she ends up living in the fantasy dream world she didn't think she would get. Yeah. Rather than... Here, where she ends up in the real world. where she ends up in the real world. Where she didn't think she wanted. Yeah, (laughs) she does. Where the real world in, obviously, My Fair Lady is just... Eliza Doolittle doing a ridiculous Cockney accent, whereas the fake, the fake, the fake world that becomes a real world is, you know, going to the horse racing and going to the balls and things and meeting famous European dignitaries and people like that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting things are interesting, Janine. I, I must say though, <laughs> my my most uh, terrifying. Not terrifying, um, disheartening moment of the whole movie was when she got rid of the cat. I know, because the cat didn't want to go out in the rain. It looked so sad. (laughs) The cat didn't want to go out in the rain. She kicks the cat out of the taxi. This looks like a nice place with trash cans. Get out of here. Like, oh, no. No, don't leave the cat. And then she goes running back after the cat. And we're all like, oh, God. Well, oh, Paul God, goes after the cat, the cat first. Well, Paul does go after the cat first. Yes, you're right. I appreciate but that. That also kind of shows there. you that he's 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 the right guy. You know. He is. He is. We we don't know if the cat's there. We we hope the cat's there. I was very sad at the thought of a lost cat. Yes, me too. But then the cat was found. The cat was found. It starts hugging the cat. It was all very sweet. Makes my heart go all warm and fuzzy. They have a nice moment. Her and George in the rain. Not George. George is his actual name. (laughs) Her and Paul in the rain with the cat squeezed in between them. The cat looks like it's going to suffocate because they're too close to each other. (laughs) Yes. They're too close to each other. But they're keeping the cat warm and it's it's nice. (laughs) Success. Kissing in the rain. Iconic. Love. (laughs) Romance. Breakfast at Tiffany's. (laughs) It's actually a good movie. Yes, this was my first time watching it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Just definitely did not think there was going to be so many kind of deeper concepts to unpack. I thought it was going to be very surface level kind of 
romance, which is fine with me because, you know, that's like my favorite genre, rom-coms and romance. Um, But yeah, just I liked that there were a lot of themes that um, spoke to me that were a bit complex that, um, you know, kind of showed how difficult love can be. Yeah. Um, It wasn't easy. No. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. Just a shame about the glaringly glaring glaringness. Yeah. Damn shame. Stupid breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> Stupid, very clever, but also really idiotic breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. The weirdest mix of movie ever. Very weird. <laughs> the weirdest mix of movie ever. Thank you, though, of course. To our wonderful patron Billy Pollahan for choosing yes. this movie this week. It was very yes. nice to actually watch this movie. It was my first time watching this movie because I never wanted to watch this movie before for the glaringly obvious glaring reason. <laughs> yes. Um, but I've done it now. Thanks, Billy. And to be honest, actually, thank you, Billy, because I, I really did enjoy the movie. Me I really too. did enjoy the movie and all what we have talked about today. Uh, it was a very, very interesting discussion. Now, of course, Billy is one of our wonderful patrons on It's a Wonderful Podcast. And like we said at his tier, he gets to pick a certain movie each um, month. We also have a call from Billy. We do. um, With some of his thoughts on breakfast at Tiffany's. Moon River, wider than a night. Hey, Morgan and Janine, so I saw that you were doing my request of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I chose this movie, not because uh, Morgan said he would never do it, because of the super racist Mickey Rooney, even though, yeah, that is a big problem, but uh, that's beside the point. The point is, I wanted to do an iconic Audrey Hepburn movie. Audrey Hepburn is my favorite actress of all time. Um, I I love this movie so much. I can can put it on any sick day, and... um, yeah, it's really iconic. I mean, even if Truman Capote doesn't didn't like the casting of Audrey Hepburn, it's still a great movie. And you can listen to Morgan Hasn't Seen, Machine Mondays, every Monday, and It's a Wonderful Podcast, which you are listening to right now. Hype Man out. Billy gotta love his uh, Hype Man stuff at the end every time, just sharing yes. our stuff. And yeah, I love you, Billy, for that. Uh, and thank yeah. you for this movie. Um, yeah, definitely some glaring things that were of its time. Um, but aside from that, uh, great story. Uh, Audrey Hepburn's great. Um, yeah, like Truman Capote obviously was not happy with the casting, but I think no. they worked it in a way that worked with her and made her um, fit great in this role. Um, And yeah, I can see why it's so iconic. And just as a girl, like the fashion was very, was very nice. It was very, you know, fancy dresses and earrings and accessories. And sure, I mean, I wouldn't wear it. (laughs) I wouldn't give. I wouldn't be able to pull it off, though. I wouldn't be able to pull. Imagine me in that dress and those pearls. I wouldn't be able to pull it off. I don't have the figure. Gorgeous. I don't You'd have also the figure, burn Jimmy. burn some poor old lady's hat with your long <laughs> cigarette holder. Now that I could pull off a long cigarette holder, I'd look like the penguin. <laughs> It'd be just hilarious. need a monocle. You just, just need, need a monocle. A monocle. Yes, I, I love think it. You could definitely I love it. Pull it off. 
Um, it is also Patreon shout out day today, Janine. It is. Where every week on the show, on uh, on on the show, we like to shout out the patrons because the patrons are wonderful. Um, Billy is, of course, one of them. That's the point. That's the point of <laughs> Patreon. Um, but yes, patreon.com uh, slash it's a wonderful one or just search it's a wonderful podcast on Patreon. As Janine likes to say, find the tier that's right for you. Yes. And uh, there's a lot of fun stuff going on our Patreon live streams and videos and artwork sharings and you get some artwork as well sometimes. You get a bunch of stuff, uh, bonus content for the shows. Um, previews to such things, and there's all sorts of things going on. All sorts of things going on on the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon, but the absolute bare minimum you get is a shout-out every week on one of the shows on the feed. So, Janine, yes. do you want to start off this week, or should I? I'll start. Okay. Um, thank you, Abby Friel. Yay, thank you, Adam Collins. Thank you, Adelia Chamberlain. Thank you again to Billy Pollahan. Uh, thank you, I guess, Brandon Hanna. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Carla Feast. Thank you, Delicia Renee, who recently celebrated a birthday. We love yeah, you. Yeah, she did. Happy birthday, <laughs> Delicia. Thank you, Dwayne Burke. Thank you, Eric Garcia. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Grant Gregory, the other Gigi. <laughs> Thank you, Heather Sabian. Thank you, Jake Yacovetta. Thank you, Jeff Knutson. Thank you, Jenny Lawson. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsock. Thank you, Christina Farrow. Thank you, Laura Horsfall. Thank you, LK. Thanks, Lucas Shashek. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Megs. Thank you, Movie Fenobi, a.k.a. Steve. Thanks, Nick Gilmore. And thank you, Nicole Pereira. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. Thank you, Oscar Romo. Thank you, Patrick Harden. Thank you, Paul Denuzio. Thank you to Randall Sands. Thank you, Sally Mercedes. And lastly, but not leastly, never so leastly, thank you to Samir Tesfai. Yes, success. Patrons, we love you all. You're all great. We do. All the, all the fancy New York cheek kisses to you. <laughs> there you go. Yes. That was me doing that into the microphone. Nobody wanted to hear that. They've all turned off now. Everybody's and turned I, off now. I did Literally. share on my Twitter. I did share on my Twitter that uh, thanks to you guys, we will be donating um, this past month's uh, patronage from you to a charity that supports the Black Lives Matter movement. So thank you guys for giving us the means to pay it forward and really support this cause because it's very important. Um, yes. So thank you guys for all your support. Uh, yeah. Very important. Keep shouting out. Keep uh, yes. keep the protesting. Sharing, Fully support. Keep sharing. Yourselves keep the and educating. And, yeah. All the good stuff. Fight the good fight. Like I keep saying, fight yes. the good fight because it's a good fight. Yeah. It's a good fight. But don't fight about it. 
just like shout loudly about it and tell people. Yes. Because it's just... Make yourself heard. It's, it's, it's humanly correct. So, Black Lives Matter. Very it's happy. All, it's yeah. equality. That's all That's all we're asking for is equality. <laughs> like, you'd think that would be so simple, but apparently... No, it never is, is it, though? It never is. <laughs> right? Never, 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 never is. Terrible, <laughs> terrible people. Yes. Um, um, we have Machine Mondays every Monday, which I will be uh, delving into some pretty serious issues. I think we didn't have any matches this week, um, rightfully so, with just everything that was kind of going on. Um, on Schmodown Backstage, they had some great conversations about, you know, what constitutes you know, a black movie to be included on a potential black movies wheel slice. So I'll talk about that because it's something I'm definitely very passionate about. Um, you know, we did have some drama with people involved in the showdown. So I'll get into my feelings on that for sure. Um, and yeah, so we'll probably have some real, you know, conversations about me being black in the showdown. And I'll talk about those kinds of things on this upcoming episode of Machine Monday. So definitely tune into that on Monday. And we are still doing uh, movies about modern musicals. Um, yes, uh, chosen by our patron Carla. She is also at the tier where you get to pick a topic for any of our shows um and she picked the theme for the whole month of um june of her morgan hasn't seen which is was modern musical so we will be talking dream girls so more kind of black pride being put out there uh with this movie um all black cast black musical um which morgan hasn't seen so i'm really excited for him to check this one out also you know kind of motown bass which is a genre of music he really enjoys so i'm really excited to see if he likes the music um so that'll be a definitely fun discussion talking about dream girls on wednesday uh for um uh, morgan hasn't seen 